Welcome to a brand new episode of Front End Happy Hour. This is episode 30. We're joined by Harry Wolf to talk about static site generators. Harry is actually a creator of Reptar, which is a static site generator. So I'm sure we'll get to hear a lot of fun stuff about Reptar. Harry, you want to start it off by giving us a brief introduction of who you are, what you do, and what your favorite happy hour beverage is. Oh, absolutely. Uh, first time caller, long time listener, so very happy to be here, Ryan. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been a very, very uh, long time, uh, long distance to get here, but uh, it was fun. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, uh, Harry Wolf, which is uh, my name, which is hysterical, so I hope you do enjoy that. I am a UI slash front-end engineer. I'm currently working at MongoDB as a senior UI engineer do the interwebs with the JavaScripts, which is all the things that I enjoy. My favorite habit time beverage currently is, I'm very big into the Japanese whiskeys right now, so uh, all the Centauri times for your favorite enjoyments. Uh, currently, the Hibiki 12 is my favorite expensive beverage with the Hibiki Toki, the uh, everyday casual beverage of choice for a good time, the Centauri time. <laughs> right on, thank you. Let's go around the table and give brief introductions to today's panelists. Stacy, you wanna start it off? Sure, I'm Stacy London, I'm a front end dev at Atlassian. My name is Brian Holt and I'm the one that knocks. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Young, senior software engineer at Netflix. Derek Schauer, software engineer at LinkedIn. Augustus Yoon, front end engineer at Evernote. And I'm Ryan Burgess, I'm a UI engineering manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we will all take a drink. What did we decide today's episode keyword is? Dynamic. Dynamic. So if anyone on the podcast says the word dynamic from now on, we will all take a drink. Just a dynamic group here. Cheers. Already dangerous. Let's actually start off by what is a statically generated site? A static generated site is a piece of software that takes in static files on your file system typically and then runs it through some more operations that you run locally and outputs a static website. Uh, a static website being something that you can easily upload to a web host and just serve as plain HTML. So there is no server element involved. There's no... No CMS, no database. Correct. Uh, it's just as simple as an rsync or an FTP sync. And like, there's your website online. Benefit there being that you have complete understanding and control of what drop, what powers your website, the actual source files, and then also how it becomes an actual website that can be viewed by uh, people on the internet. I think another benefit too is that people are more and more hosting their files on GitHub and actually just hosting it on GitHub pages. And that works perfectly is having a statically generated site, you can actually do that. So I think that's always one of the biggest benefits right there. Yeah, GitHub definitely helped increase the popularity of static sites with having Jekyll, one of the, I think it is the most popular static site generator, I think yeah. safely to say. But definitely having that built in as a default option to create a blog or website as part of your GitHub account has definitely uh, blazed the trail there and using your own uh, static site generated site. Static site generated site, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, a lot of S's, <laughs> like a snake. Are there any uh, benefits for performance or anything like that uh, just by using it, static files? I mean, so the biggest thing that drew me to a static site generator was having direct 
understanding of where your content was coming from. There's no, there's nothing in between you and your content. And like when I write a blog post, I like to think of them more as uh, articles. Like there's actually a lot of time spent into them, a lot of iterations, and like just really crafting it, and just having that under like Git control or um, just. Me personally, I have it in Dropbox, like SimLeak there, and I can just access them wherever I want. And just being as plainly close to that intimate piece of work that I have, like it's a very much like a, like it's the writer side of me coming out saying, I want to know where my content is. I don't want to have a database, like wrap it around, just be a piece of like, like here's my data, right? I don't want it to be just data. I want it to be like, this is my content. And that's what I think static site generators really prop up because it's like, this is your content and it's really what is the true star of the show. It's not like the JavaScript, it's not the CSS. It, it's like, this is your content and this is what will be on your website. I don't think that was your question, but I took it a different No, way. no, I like that. Yeah, I like your point too there is actually having version control. I think that's a big, big thing is that sometimes using like a database, which a lot of CMSs use, you don't necessarily always have version control. Yes, like WordPress and think sites like that, you will have some sort of versioning, but I just really like the actual Git versioning that you have with a static site. And also what I like about having a static site generator is that it encourages somewhat being able to go back in time and edit an existing post because it's just part of what your content is. And it's not just like, okay, I made a blog post, let's on, like, on to the next one. It's like trying to have these things be more evergreen content and less just like of the moment, um, especially with like the tech blogs that you see out there where like these there's these articles online that are large parts of an existing ecosystem that without them, some of these technologies and frameworks could not actually grow and spread without like evangelists out there writing these blog posts and having them and like, it should be encouraged to have them be evergreen. Like don't have, like don't really get hung up on like the date in the URL, like just have it be content that, if that was done more often, if like people were more willing and happy to update existing content as frameworks uh, evolve along with them, then there'd be less <laughs> like fatigue or like just uh, strain in the ecosystem because there is no relics. It's just like this is blog posts moving along with the dynamic nature of the web. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> that was completely unintentional, I swear. <laughs> How are you typically writing your files? Uh, when you talk about writing a blog post, how are you writing them? What's getting, you know, start, what's from start to finish? What does it look like? I mean, that's a thing that I constantly struggle with. And uh, it's always a case of uh, writer's blocks mixed with, and, like, the thing that I always try to do is reduce the friction towards writing a blog post. And it used to be when I was using WordPress back in the day, I'd use the WordPress editor. And then I moved on to using uh, an application called Byword, B-Y-W-O-R-D. And that was a GUI application with a markdown interface that you could just use and it would out output HTML if you wanted to. And I used that for a while, but then after a while it started to get to become more friction and more of a hindrance towards my writing cadence. And actually what I've settled on nowadays is just using my text at my code editor. I use Atom. I know all the shortcuts of how to navigate around the content. So like if I wanna select multiple lines or I want to like do command D to like select the same word and just augment that easily, I can do that and I can, I'm just more nimble in that editor. And because again, it's just files on the file system, I can 
easily open up an atom and just have it there. Uh, I've also got used to like the black background, so it's just easy on my eyes and just not glaring me when I'm up at like 11 p.m. drinking some happy hour beverages, <laughs> writing. Because that is the best way to write, like to not, to be a little bit looser. It's like that. The bomber's curve. The yeah. bomber's curve that just like keeps curving. Because like then you, cause then you wake up the next morning, you're like, oh, that doesn't make sense. But it still inspires more thoughts after that. And that's always healthy. So to step back, because I think we, we've gone like really, really far into static. And you've gotten more into the philosophy of like why a static. Fair. But let's talk about like the technical aspects of like why do you want a static site? One, a static site isn't going to make any uh, AJAX posts, to get, or any AJAX requests to get new content. The, the content that is sent down the wire is the content you're going to see every single time. Uh, static site is simpler. Uh, it's faster. Uh, it doesn't use a lot of superfluous JavaScript, things like that. And it's the beauty of them, I think, especially something like GitHub pages, like you don't have to think about too much about the server because the server is just going to be a file server. It's just going to serve out HTML, HTML, or whatever you want to serve, which I like because every time I set up a server, I'm always like, should I use AWS or Dropbox? No, no, no. Should I use Express? No, no. I'll use uh, Restify. Oh. And like you get, I get so hung up on that, and they're like, no, I'll just use a GitHub page and just serve static files because I don't need a server. And I think that's the beauty of a static site. It reminds me of the old days. Like it really, really does of just like when I'd have to FTP something, which sucked. I like the fact that I can still use Git, but it's, it's just static files, which is great. I feel static sites are like just perfect for personal websites because like you really don't need like a database or anything super complex. Like kind of like what you were saying, Harry, where like I feel like it lets you focus more on the content and it's like, it just like dumbs it all down so you can focus on writing and um, what you really want to show in the website. Yeah, I, I think static sites should be more popular than they are. It's just people are so quick to be like, oh, I'm using uh, React and I'm using Webpack and I'm using ES7 and I'm using all these like cool technologies. I'm like, cool, what are you building? It's like a blog. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, what are you doing? if you're doing to learn, cool, but. <laughs> You, like it's just over-engineered and you don't need to at the end of the day all we need is html and css for the web to work you can end up with a very bald yak yes. by the time you actually yeah. make the blog so much shaving <laughs> so, so much harry <laughs> you also mentioned writing articles and the getting in the mood of writing and that you're writing in atom what are you writing are you writing html are you writing markdown files json i'm writing markdown files and definitely leveraging the ability to have code blocks in there i've seen a lot of like medium heavily so medium by default as far as i know doesn't allow you to embed code snippets and they say just include like a, like a gist 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 i say gist. I, I say gist i say gist is it gist no, it's not GIFs. No, why do we even think about this? No, it's GIF. <laughs> you know? Now we're talking GIF and GIF, yeah, yeah. like, right? You can't, you can't think about the tautology of a word. It's a dynamic conversation, so it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dynamically, yeah. it is. Yeah. You want to get the gist of this code snippet. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's 100% right then. <laughs> oh, a gist, that's right. Yes, that's true. I will never forget that now until I do. So medium doesn't allow you to by default uh, embed code snippets so you have to go out and make a gist on github and like post the link in there to actually have it in there which i hate because that just breaks up an otherwise coherent blog post into like different parts is that if you were to migrate a laptop and like want to migrate the entire content you'd have to then still reach out to uh, to github to get that content then with the medium article and it's just like it's just ugly to me so like 
having a markdown file with code blocks, making sure that you have a correct syntax highlighter, uh, the two prominent ones being highlight.js and prism are the two main ones, which will, I think, I'm not sure if that's what GitHub uses, but it definitely does the same thing where given some code, it'll add the nice, pretty syntax highlighting that you're used to in your editor. So having that in there, Adam is smart enough that if it sees a code block, it'll actually turn on the behaviors of that language. So you can all of a sudden just like drop into like JavaScript mode and you're just writing JavaScript within a markdown file. That's pretty cool. I've never actually used Atom enough to see that. That's pretty cool. I'm not 100% on that, but I think it is, at least for my... Or do you have a plugin maybe running? Yeah, I've just noticed that it's not a hindrance. And I might also just be I'm used to the shortcuts already with Atom. I'm just going to backtrack the entire declaration. So if anyone out there listening and says, oh, this guy's wrong, I'm just going to say, you're right, which is fine. But definitely just having markdown files where that is the single source of truth. By having things broken up into different locations, it just adds complexity and just makes things ugly, in my opinion, very semantically speaking. But having that be the article that if you do want to update, having it all there co-located is wonderful. I think that's interesting. I would I did the opposite of that. There's a WordPress blog that I'm working on and I have like some code snippets in it. So I was trying to use, you know, highlight.js or one of those. And every time I'd update the template for the site, it would overwrite all those all that stuff to include highlight.js and you'd have to like go back in and tweak stuff. And so the idea of I liked having that, but I went to gists because it was so much easier. I didn't have to like yeah. overwrite it, but I think in general, static site would make that so much easier, all of it. One thing that I will say that I think is interesting is we talk about it being simpler with a static, and I totally agree, but I do think it's simpler for us as developers, right? So like when you start adding into the mix, like you have a blog that you want other people to be able to contribute to, or even just like, I did a blog when I went to Europe uh, recently, and you know, I was a lot of times I was just uh, trying to write blog posts on an iPad, which would be really hard to do, you know, in some sort of, yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, just having other people be able to contribute to it and that kind of thing is, is sometimes difficult if you don't have people that are, I mean, it's kind of weird, right? It's simpler for us because it's like, I, I get what you're saying, but then it's also just really simple just to, once you get the initial setup done of like a WordPress blog or something, and you have. I mean, I've had horror stories where like, I don't know if I should go into the history of like my, my blogging, like the, just to give some background. Like I used to have, I started a blog in, in 2010. So I've been blogging now for, oh, it's 2017. So that's. Seven years. Seven minus zeros. Yeah. Seven, thank, oh, Ryan, thank you. Yeah, great. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a great mathematician. Uh, so I've been blogging since 2010. The first blog I used was WordPress because that is the go-to and it definitely is by far the easiest thing to use by the population at large, like without a doubt. I've had so many horror stories of like writing a blog post and like saving a draft or like updating it, the page refreshes and I'm like, that's not what I saved. Like it's gone. And I'm like, oh, I'm crying now. I'm on the floor, uh, fetal and just eating ice cream and I'm just not happy. I've had that same. It's, it's a horrible yeah. feeling. And like I used to do this dance where before I would save, I would select all, copy, paste it into my text editor, update, did it work? Yes, okay, I can discard that now. I've done that. That's wasted workflow right there that you should just be able to trust the editor saving it. And another thing with WordPress that I've run into that, I still have a blog that's like a large ass blog running on that. 
and I would love to get it off of it, but it's just finding the time to do it. It's it's a lot of work to do it. it time, it's a burden. It's, it's a sure, burden yeah. to do it, but I've actually had it where I've had to migrate to servers because there's been issues with the server, and that takes a long ass time. You've got to like dump the database. You've got to you know reinstall all the all the images. All the content. images. Oh man, all, there's so many images on this yeah. site too. So you're really dealing with a ton of things. Whereas if it was just static, yeah. Yes, you still have to move that from one server to the other, but it's a lot less work. So the benefit of WordPress is that using WordPress is easier. I'm not going to argue that. But the operations aspect of WordPress is greater than a static site. And that's where you might... And the pro, my, my big problem with WordPress, like if I have some freelance project that I'm doing where I just want to help someone with a, with a blog or website, use WordPress, and that's fine. But if you don't keep WordPress updated, you run a big security risk. Yeah, security all the time. It's a huge attack vector because it's a huge part of the internet. And that's just what happens when you become very popular. So if you have a WordPress blog and you don't maintain it, you don't update things, you don't use a third party vendor to help make sure that it's secure, people have zero day exploits that they use to get control and try to turn your server into a zombie and like into a botnet. And if you're using it personally and you're updating it, you're like you log in and it says updates available, they try to make it as easy as possible, but it's still on you to do it. Because if yeah, you're so you close to remember to go log in <clears throat> right. and say, oh yes, I have to update. And even when you update, there's that fear of like, will it come back? <laughs> like I'm going from WordPress, what's the newest version now? Three, four? Four, I think they're on Like you went from 3.9 to four, you're like, this is like, Am I okay? Do I need to back it up before? You should back it up. You should it. back it up. Like you actually should back it up every single time. Granted, I've totally not done that. I never but. do it. I'm just like, yeah, go. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Go. <laughs> but you should actually back it up. And I think that that adds to it too, is the fact is, is that's more work. I think it's more work on, on your end as like the, the, you know, the developer. But I, I don't know. I guess what I was getting at is I've heard some people make the argument that static sites, um, and using like a static site generator, you can even teach a client how to do that and, and uh, update their own content that way because mm-hmm. of all the things we said that, that's so great about it. But... I don't know. I think that's just a little bit overzealous. Like I just, I've wa- tried to walk a client through using WordPress and it's difficult, you know, like the dashboard. <laughs> and there's definitely trade-offs between the two. Like WordPress, you have more ops to do. You have static site generators. You have more just tooling to use. Yeah. For lack of a yeah. Word. And like the two main things that I miss in using a static site generator, which WordPress provides out of the gate. Uh, one is just easy image uh, management, like being able to drag and drop in there. Like that's easy. Like if you want to do that in a static site, make a folder, you like copy the image in, you have to make a reference to that, make sure that the link is right. It's not hugely pain, but like to have a non-engineer do that is more work to do that. The main argument I've seen that uh, is why static site generators are easier for, I say that in quotes that I'm quoting with my eyes, is if you are part of a company and you're trying to service an internal team, like the marketing team or sales or whatever, the cost for you to maintain a static site is less than a WordPress site because of the security things mentioned before. It might, that is to, not to say that you still have to run like the tools to generate the output, but there's no fear of there being any security ramifications. It's, it's much more of a controlled environment. As Ryan mentioned, I am the author of a static site generator called Reptar. Right now you run a tool to generate the static site uh, so yeah, so I see a laugh going around. So Reptar, uh, my small little tirade of tides. Reptar used to be called Yarn. 
Why, why is it not called Yarn sad anymore? Sad panda. Such a sad panda. The saddest of all pandas. This was, you can check the history on the Reptar repo. This was way before Yarn of Facebook's Yarn that was released, which is a competitor to NPM Packager. I think my name for yarn makes more sense than theirs. You spin your own yarn, which is what you're running blogs <laughs> for. Why did they choose yarn for the package manager? Maybe it's cute with cats. Great. Not related. But that came out and I was like, am I going to compete with Facebook? No. So I very swiftly changed the name. I'm using Reptar. Uh, if you are a kid of the 90s, you'll remember that from Rugrats. Yeah, yes. Rugrats. I knew it right when you put it as your oh, logo. It's the best. If the people at Rugrats, which is no longer on air, get mad about my usages, we'll talk to them and maybe change it again. But for now, it's a very catchy name that is fun to say Reptar Build and Reptar Builds. <laughs> <laughs> which I really should add like some ASCII art when that happens, because that would be a lot more enjoyable. Uh, pull requests, welcome. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you have... So Reptar just builds, but something that I'm hoping to add to offset the simple engineering aspect of static site generators is a dynamic dashboard that you can use to actually view your content and edit in the browser where you can actually see all your posts and like actually get an understanding of what Reptar knows about your website and kind of bring back some of like the features of WordPress back into the static land, which is kind of like cheating, but if you can have the best of both worlds, why not? And like to Derek's point, the thing that you can't do with a static site generator is if you are on vacation, you want to remotely update a blog, if you don't have like that set up on a server, you're out of luck. So being able to have an admin that you can log into potentially and like update things remotely is definitely something that I think can be solved. And it kind of bridges the world between like static and like dynamic websites. Cheers. So you mentioned obviously Reptar being a tool that would help static generated sites. What are some other tools out there that are popular? Like we, we have mentioned Jekyll, which is a Ruby based Correct. static site generator. What other ones are available out there? So the reason why I made Reptar was when I was looking, so to go back to my fun story, I was using WordPress for a couple of years and then I got tired of WordPress because it's written entirely on PHP and PHP development in the past and it's fine, but it's not my language of choice. So I was using WordPress for a couple of years and then Ghost, the Ghost blogging platform came on the scene. And that was- There's Node. All Node, all awesome. My, my JavaScript, my lingua franca, which I think means I like that language. Uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Ghost came out and it's kind of like a distillation of the core functionality of WordPress where you have a blog and that's it. WordPress has grown to be a jack of all trades in many ways where you can make an entire website and Ghost was like, no, we just wanna be a blog and that's what it provided and it was a node, which is what drew me to that because I could actually understand the internals and contribute there. So I actually was a core contributor on Ghost for a couple of months, helping them out, growing it because I wanted to have features for my blog that I wanted to actually use. After a while, I got still tired of not being close to my content. And I got tired of being far away from the metal. Mm. That metal, that titanium, that lovely... I like to be right on the metal. Yeah, that's, that's how I code. I just sit on a hard floor <laughs> and I'm like, this inspires me. The pictures on the wall, the... I have nothing else to say about that. So, <laughs> More metal things. Yeah, all the metal things. Just like Metallica and just Ozzy Osbourne. Just, that's how I concentrate. Just like Ozzy Osbourne biting bath and screaming in my ear. And that's how I have all my blog posts. Wait, isn't, isn't metal 
a static site generator as well? Metal Smith. Ah, Metal Smith. Ah, great segue. So, so dynamic. Oh, yeah. Wait, no. Cheers. Did I just say Cheers. that? I was like, did, I, did I think I heard that and I just said that? Or did you actually say that? What? Did you say dynamic or did I just think you said dynamic? You just said it. You just said it three times. Right. Oh, I'm a dynamic guy. <laughs> Stop saying it. Sorry. So I was using Ghost for a while, and the call of the wild, aka static sites, finally hearkened to my ear. See, I, I, I like to write blog posts so that the literary florals come out. Um, uh, That's the whiskey talk. <laughs> I do have an empty stomach, so this was always a great idea, <laughs> just to plunge head deep. So I went and started using Metalsmith, and Metalsmith is a static site generator uh, written by the guys over at Segment.io. I don't know who was the original author, but it's a ultra simple bare bones uh, static site generator in that the core functionality is read some files, write some files. And then if you want to add templates or anything like that, it's done via middleware. So it's ultra bare bones, which means that you can ultra configure it whichever way that you want. And it's lovely and it's very beautiful in its simplicity. And I used that for a while, but to actually have parity and features with what I have with Ghost and WordPress, I had to make a, a metalsmith configuration file that ended up being almost 200 lines of code. I'm like, that's a little silly. And like to maintain that became very brittle. And I would update metalsmith or I'd update a plugin or I'd want to change something. And I was always worried that my site wouldn't build anymore. I was like, this is not a way to live. Like I don't want to have to, I, try, I went to static site generators so I wouldn't have to worry about that anymore. And now I'm worrying about it again. So I've kind of gone backwards. So from there, I was like, okay, Metalsmith is not the answer for me. And I never wanted to go to Jekyll, even though it is the most popular. Because Fuck Jekyll. Yeah, <laughs> Jekyll. What's the yeah, wrong with Jekyll? Like, yeah, I mean, know. I've tried it once, but I have a problem with it being Ruby, to I be mean, honest. that's that's honestly the main that's thing. That's half the battle? <laughs> that was my problem, but I'm interested to hear, Brian, what's your what's your issue? One, it's just slow as shit. It is, <laughs> it is absolutely it's slow. It's Ruby. Yeah, it's, it's Ruby, which, I mean... Whatever. I don't like writing Ruby, but there are people that like it. I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's probably three-quarters of my complaint. Was like, I'd write something, I'd save it, and then I have to wait two minutes for it to rebuild. And it's like a... Like, I, I use it for the, my, like, courses that I do online for free, right? Yeah. That yeah. I put on my site, because... Like, I've just used it because GitHub will build it for you. Which is lovely. Which is a really cool feature for yeah. GitHub. But I just can't wait for two minutes for it to fucking Ruby. I mean, you got farther than me because I never actually tried to build. Like, I literally looked at Jekyll and I was like, Ruby, no. Not because like I hate <laughs> Ruby, but because it's not what I... I want to understand the code that's powering my website. And that's what was really the driving force. Oh, I don't give a shit. I know. You're much more... Uh, I mean, I prefer JavaScript. I'll be a little <laughs> bit more PC about that, even though I'm a Mac user. But This is a JavaScript podcast. Yeah, that's so true. We're good. That's fine. This is a safe space. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's safe. But as my, the whiskey hits my brain, I'm just more and more worried about the words that I'll say. But yeah, I'm not a fan of Ruby. I'll say that. It's not my preference. So Jekyll is never an option. But I looked around the uh, node. There's also a awesome static site generator called Hugo, mm -hmm. written in Go. And one of its main taglines is that it's fast. It's better than Jackal because it's fast. It's really fast. I mean, it's all written in Go, but like, again, you'd have to learn Go things, and I don't want to learn Go things because, again, the JavaScript is the good scripts. The good scripts? The good the scripts. scripts. The scripting's kind? Yeah, it's the scripts of the uh, S nature. That should have been the keyword S. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was brought to you by the letter S. <laughs> so Hugo wasn't an option. Uh, one of the bigger static site generators in the Node ecosystem is one called Hexo. 
Hexo, H-E-X-O. And that has a very large community, large Asian, like Chinese, like Japanese, like a lot of, it's translated in Chinese and Japanese. And like, there's a large community from there that uses Hexo, which is awesome. I was trying to look into it if it could do what I wanted it to do. But some of the idioms and like concepts that it had, there's like this concept of like a box and like you can like place, I, I, it didn't gel with my mind. I'm already not like, yeah. sold on not doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hexo, <laughs> Boxes? No. Yeah, who wants no. boxes? I like spheres. Um, <laughs> That's why Reptars is based on spheres. Yeah, it's just a big circle, and I just like, oh, now there's teeth. <laughs> a circle with teeth is what I should have called it. So then I looked. I looked Best <laughs> framework name ever. A circle, circle with teeth. teeth. <laughs> with accompanying metal album. <laughs> so Harry, what uh, technologies did you select for using Reptar, and why? So are they dynamic? They are super. So Reptar was born because I didn't see anything out there that I wanted to use. And the core principles of a static site generator is that it takes a markdown and it outputs HTML. So the core ingredients of that is you need to have a markdown parser. So you take markdown files, you turn them into HTML. So I actually went down an interesting GitHub hole with a markdown editors on GitHub. Like there is this, so right now I'm using a markdown tool called markdown it. And before that, I was using something else whose name I forget. But in looking to upgrade that previous library, I found out that there was some weird fracturing in that ecosystem where some other developers splintered off because of the ecosystem. And there was just drama. And I went, there was definitely a weekend where I just spent time like, what is this drama? <laughs> I, like, who doesn't love drama? And I was just reading like these old like GitHub issues being like, oh, there's animosity. <laughs> this, is, this is enjoyable because it's not directed towards me. Yeah. <laughs> so I went from some previous library to Markdown It, and that's what takes Markdown, gives you HTML, has a nice plugin system so you can add GitHub specific features to your Markdown processor. Great. I'm also, I stole from Jekyll's uh, YAML configuration file uh, where you can take YAML, and that's your config. So I'm using JS YAML. Takes YAML, goes to JS objects. Great. I recently added a schema validation using Joy. Not the emotion, but the library. <laughs> that snap was really good too. I really like the snap. They didn't get the point though. That was the best part. He snapped and pointed. Yeah, I did. I pointed at the microphone and was like, yeah, you get you get it. I, you got, you got it. it, Joy. <laughs> Joy, not happiness and sorrow. I want you to like tap the microphone and be like, is this thing on? <laughs> is my brain still functioning? Um, <laughs> what is life? <laughs> Where we ask the real questions on front and happy hour. I think it's just so, other than static sites, like it's just so interesting that just going down this hole of static sites that like I honestly had never considered it's like oh yeah I'll just use this one it's a wild world I mean there's like all these websites that if you've heard like awesome redux and like all these awesome lists and there's these websites that just list all the static site generators and I'm just like refreshing be like do I have more stars uh -huh. like the stars is where my ego is like if it's there like I'm great I'm happy hashtag star Harry please do only reason why I came on this podcast just to get free reptar stars yeah reptar stars that's how he just owns the universe there there's, are so many I'm on staticgen.com there's I so like many scroll scroll what scroll scroll fuck? scroll oh, yeah. scroll I'm already like halfway up because I have more than one star you are <laughs> man you're in the middle yeah oh and I forgot one of the bigger comp competitors in the node world a newcomer is uh, Gatsby JS. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, it's another uh, writer like Jekyll. But it's more React based, right? It is pretty much, as far as I understand it, it's 
a lot of Webpack default settings that allow you to use it. It heavily leverages Webpack. Okay. Where you have loaders that like read and markdown files, and you can do stuff. And like, what's cool about Gatsby, uh, admittedly, is that it does give you a JS file that allows for, along with static site generation, also like dynamic uh, navigation through. Cheers. 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 But Gatsby uses Webpack and it uses React, so you can use React as your templating system, which is cool. But yeah, it's again, then you're just it's just feature creep at that it's, point. It's complexity. Yeah. No, I totally agree. You need some p tags and some comment and yeah. contents. Like no, I, I just want some fucking markdown. That's all I want. Yeah. I just want to write markdown. Yeah. Cut out that other shit. Because I have a friend named Mark. Last name down. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that's how that's, that's how the name came about, right? There's a guy named Mark and last name Down. He was like, oh, I'm cool with this. Oh, yeah, he was like, I am the inspiration. Oh, yeah. You will fail a coding interview if someone ever asks, like, where did Mark Down come? So then uh, you also have uh, a templating system. I'm using Nunjux, which is a Ninja 2 inspired templating system, which is from the Django world. And it's very nice, very flexible. You have this concept of outlets. I'm not going to go down that hole. I'm using Browserify, actually, for uh, piling JavaScript because I want to use Webpack because I like cool things, but there is no easy way to give, given an input and given output, the complexity that Webpack adds to that is significant. I actually think you made a right choice. Like Browserify does exactly what you need it to it, do. It follows the Unix philosophy wonderfully, where like input output, great. Yep. Webpack, I'd have to like instantiate, like it's just, all of a sudden I had to step outside of my code base and I was like, what is this garbage? And I was just not gonna have it. So. No Browserify, uh, less SAS for styles, Babel. I, also, when I wrote Reptar, it was, uh, you know, it's still a toy product. It's for me. Like, I want to write it to be enjoyable. So I'm using Babel so that I can use all of the latest and greatest ES 2015 future features, async await, static properties, words. Words. Great dynamic words. Cheers. Cheers. You saw that coming. Why should I use a static site generator? Like, why not just run, like, a Flask server and just serve HTML pages. You can change the style of all your pages really quickly. The same thing goes for something we talked about WordPress is you have WordPress templates or you know the design, you can change that and it will just automatically apply to all your pages. You don't have to manually go in and edit every single HTML file. The static site generator will do that for you. And so you can update your templates and just be like, all right, everything gets this update. If you wanna change something like add a small related post or something like that, well, all those pages will just automatically get that. Yeah, what I like about static site generators too is that it straddles two worlds. One is that your database is a flat file system. Like your data is just like files in the file system. So in that case, you have data there, you have templates, whatever you want to do to just put it through and like there's a dynamic nature to that. Sorry. Cheers. Uh, Cheers. <laughs> that, was, that was required. So in that case, as you were saying, Ryan, you can easily augment your, not dynamically, fuck. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the front of that. Yeah, thank you. So that's great, but also what you can do then is just step outside of that database world and just have just files. It's so dynamic in a way. <laughs> Cheers. Shit. <laughs> we thought we were going wrong. We thought we were going wrong, but we went absolutely on point. Yeah, Jem had that good question, just like cut through all that sober bullshit. So you can actually then have just an about page and like that's easy. You just have about.md, good, great. You set up like a permalink structure and it's just there. Let's say you have a one-off website where you like want to have my year in 2016. You can just make a folder and it's just there and you don't have to worry about it being part of a blog, part of data, it's just 
just like content. So in that way, it adds some nice accessory features to otherwise making a plain website. And also what's nice about static site generators is that it, it does kind of rewind the clock and simplifies rather than making web apps all the time, which is what we're doing professionally, you're still you're back to making a web page. And it's a collection of web pages, which is there's something very simple about that, which is which is nice and it's just very enjoyable to use in that respect. One of the use cases that is like not really what we've been talking about, where it's something about like a content site. I've actually really liked static site generators for just like prototyping something really fast, because all I want is to include a header and a footer, and not have to do it every time, and not have to have like PHP an entire server side thing or some in massive server-side framework or a client-side framework. I just want to have an HTML include that's my header and my footer. And so static site stuff for that was really, I, that's what I love it for. Well, we didn't even talk about it, but you run that locally, which is awesome yeah. too, is that you're not having to run a server-side language. You don't have to run Apache server or something in the background to actually run that. You're just, here's my static site. It just works, which yeah. is pretty cool. And you can even open it up. You can double click the HTML file locally and see your site. And it opens in the browser. And it's cool. And it's and you see file colon slash slash URL. No, file colon slash slash. And like it's there, which is an awkward thing to see, but it's still like it's it's just there. There's no like simple HTTP server, it's just just static sites. I mean that that is literally the definition, and that's very nice to have. That's accurate. I just try to be as dynamically accurate as possible. Oh, <laughs> cheers. That's a stretch. Uh, I'll drink to that though. <laughs> I'm interested to know, like, what advice would you give to someone that's wanting to build a static generated site? How does someone start? Obviously, choose a tool. Don't don't use Jekyll. That's uh, <laughs> Brian's <laughs> advice. Don't use Jekyll. <laughs> so, I mean, static sites are a very enjoyable toy project because they're not complex because they're, well, I was going to say simple site generator, but... They, they don't have to be complex. They don't have to be complex. You can definitely over-engineer anything. You can over-engineer a to-do list, which is... Which we've seen many, many times. <laughs> but I still want to see more. I, I haven't seen enough. And I, I want to see a GraphQL-powered uh, to-do list app. Where it's just like, there's Wait. Relay and like... No, that, that exists. Really? Definitely. Bring it on. <laughs> With like closure and like buckle and like everything, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that exists. Dude, we're JavaScript engineers. Like, we're born to over <laughs> Isn't that fun? That's why we're engineers. Like, that's the fun part, is to build something from scratch. Just those Sunday evenings, just sipping that whiskey and just staring out into space. Yeah. So when you're making your own static site generator, like, the, you have to understand the core principles of what it is. Like, you're taking Markdown through a template system and generating HTML. And there's configuration. Like, that's, that's basically what you're doing. And past that, it's input transformed to output. So you could literally write one file that just takes in, it globs for all the files in your file system and just directly outputs them. And then from there, you can add complexity, which is always fun. But it's like, you know, given this context, like if it's a .css file, then add this different transform. Do you want to augment how your markdown engine behaves like allow for configuration there and and there's so many ways and and half the struggles that I have with Reptar is not necessarily in the implementation it's in the design and architecting of how you'll use it yeah it's the usability the ergonomics yeah. 
just understanding like how I'm making it for myself, but also to be accessible to anyone to make it as enjoyable as and pleasant to use as possible. So what API can I provide that if what I have done out of the box does not work for you, how can you augment it to fit your needs? And to do it in a way that you're not cursing my name, which I always love to hear curses about my name. Fucking Harry. Yeah, yeah, Harry. Fucking Harry, that guy. <laughs> Harry, you also said it at like even Markdown. Well, it doesn't even have to be Markdown because you could run JSON. You could run, you could actually plug it to a database if you really wanted to, HTML. but it could just be HTML that <laughs> you're reading. Handlebars. Handlebars, yeah. It could be a React file that just like outputs that. Like the sky is the limit. I think that's the cool thing too, is there's so much flexibility there. I think I had a shower thought, everybody. You know, I, I um, <laughs> I have a new apartment and I, you know, I, I splurged on the shower head, so I'm just having so much better showers now. Just, it was like $80, but it was worth it. I feel like your shower head needs to be a pick now. <laughs> Maybe I should. Yeah. Yeah, Harry's actually uh, staying with me. We, we've been friends for a few years, um, so you're gonna enjoy the shower. I, I will hopefully have my own thoughts as well. If you have deep thoughts, let me know. I, I'm excited though, Jen. Let's hear your shower thought. My thought was uh, building a static site generator is actually a good first project for people. Not a to-do list, because you start off pretty simply and then you can make it as complicated as you want. But if you understand like the core tenets of how to build a static site generator, you'd be a pretty good engineer. Actually. And what's nice about that too is that it actually sandboxes you to just one environment. Like whereas if you were making a to-do list application from back end to front end, you'd have to worry about that context switching. Whereas static site generators, you can just start with like, I'm just writing operations on my file system. If you want to add complexity where you want to be able to browse it from the browser, great. Like you provide an API and you're just learning from, I mean, the file system is your database. So you're learning almost from like a very simple database from the beginning upwards to a dynamic, rich web application as the dashboard Cheers. for your static. Cheers. Oh, damn, I didn't even notice that. Wow. Yeah, so I definitely agree. I mean, if, if static site generators became the new to-do list application, I would be happy for that because that would just be wonderful experience. As long as you still dar Reptar, I'm happy with that. But, uh, yeah, but I mean, Reptar has been a lot of fun to build. Right now, I'm working on version three because semantic versioning is great. Just gives me an excuse to change everything. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, fuck the old and with the new. You're an engineer. That's the whole point. But with Reptar version three, I'm trying to actually simplify things more because I think I added some unnecessary complexity there, which like, shame on me. Like, I've, shame on Harry. Shame on me. Hashtag, shame. Hashtag shame on Harry. <laughs> <laughs> if that's friends, I'll be very happy. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to scale things back. I, was, I had this whole plugin system before with Reptar that actually was duplicating work for myself because I was like, okay, you have the internal API, which I'm using for actually building Reptar, and then I have this external API. And to duplicate that was just dumb in retrospect. So I'm, I'm, I'm scaling that back and I'm actually gonna steal. I try to steal the best ideas from where I can because I don't need to reinvent the wheel because if I did it would be square and I wouldn't go anywhere. So instead I'm just gonna steal from Metalsmith where I'm gonna have a middleware system where you can actually just be given the Reptar instance and you can do what you want with it. Like the, the internal API is the API and you can do what you want. If you wanna configure the Markdown engine, Go at it. It's just there. It's the instance is there. Configure it. Have fun. GLHF. GG. 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 Stands for dynamic dynamic. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Good game. Good game. <laughs> KO. I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm working at Reptor right now. I would love to have any contributors working on it. I definitely want it to be. Uh, I saw that. What is it? That the very. Um, aggressively open source mandate 
uh, way of running an organization where if you have like at least two PRs merged, you have commit access. Like just off the bat, just like have fun. This is a community project. Like just you trust the contributors to be able to. You ha- you're saying you have that implemented? I'm or? thinking about it. It's, it's scary. actually kind of cool. It's scary and it's liberty. So does that bypass the whole PR situation? Like they can just like commit straight on. They could. There's like an actual manifesto online that you can see. Uh, I think Mikhail Rogers uh, has perhaps pioneered that, but it's just trusting people. Like there is no, you don't have to be a gatekeeper. Like you, you trust that good people will follow the practices of the organization and there will still be PRs. And if they're abused, great gets still distributed. Like you're not going to worry about having it be lost. If they push to NPM, that's a different story. You have 24 hours to undo that boo-boo. Boo-boo is a great word. <laughs> Maybe don't give them access to the NPM. That might be a thing that you might uh, stagger. But like just, I want it to be the most enjoyable static site generator as possible because Again, any friction added to the process of writing takes away from actually writing. And writing is hard enough as is. Yep. That's why I drink when I write, because it makes it easier. It makes it more exciting. <laughs> it does. Not always more intelligible, but... Uh, but better. But better. Definitely better. Uh, more enjoyable. More yeah. dynamic. Uh, more uh, dynamic! So on that note, as we wrap up today's episode, we like to share picks of things that we like or have found interesting to share. Let's go around the table and share our picks for today's episode. Brian, what do you have? One that I was thinking of is I picked up homebrewing lately, like homebrewing beer. I would definitely suggest it. It's it's relaxing. It's not. It's actually not super difficult. It's actually more cleaning than anything. Like it's making beer is just being clean. <laughs> That doesn't sound very relaxing, though. Uh, <laughs> like, everything has to be sterile, right? It has to be everything. super sterile, because if you introduce any, like, rogue bacteria, it makes your beer really gross. It makes it, like, skunky. Which, everyone loves skunky beer, right? I mean, it's my <laughs> perfume of choice. Uh-huh. <laughs> the whole room smells like it's just super dank. Right? <laughs> I, I look forward to tasting some of these beers, yeah, too. Yeah, I two beers right now. I, I couldn't get them here today. But. Nice. Next episode. Stacy, what do you have? All right, so my first pick is Webpack Bin. Um, I've been digging into uh, for work and also kind of personal interest as well, CSS and JavaScript and as it relates to React. So I've been digging into styled components and styled JSX and a whole bunch of them. Anyway, Webpack Bin seems, uh, I came across it because styled components has an example in it and I thought it was kind of slick how you can just quickly play around with these new tools and not have to do a ton of setup. And once you get your setup, you can actually export it and have the Webpack config and the package JSON. It's like exports the whole thing that you need, which I think is kind of cool. So I've been I've been liking that. It's been pretty cool. The next pick is a song by it's an Andy Stott remix. He calls it Andy Stott Refix. Uh, of an Arthur Russell uh, song called Home Away From Home. And uh, you can check that out in the in the show notes. Harry, what do you have for us for some picks? I got some picks for you. None of the nose variety, but some picks. <laughs> um, my first pick is Node 7.6. Just got released with native async await support. Hooray! It's super nice. exciting. I actually, uh, I use async await a lot with Reptar, and I actually tried out using that native implementation, not passing it through Babel, and it, sh- it reduce the time to compile by a notable amount. No re- no regenerator. No regenerator. Like the overhead that that adds, like I was unaware. Yeah. Uh, so that was very, very exciting to see. So it'd be nice to be able to add that later when it's more fully supported. But until then, I also want to pick the TV show Legion, 
which is a new FX show, which I am obsessed with. But no, it's just two episodes so far, so I haven't gotten too yeah. deep into it. But it's a new TV show by uh, the creator of Fargo, at least I think Fargo season one, set in the X-Men universe. It follows the story of the X-Men character Legion, which is the son of uh, Charles Xavier. He's an Omega-level uh, X-Men who, because of that, his handicap for being an X uh, mega level is that he has schizophrenia, like multiple personalities disorder, and each personality has a different power, because he, he, I'm not the most up-to-date on lore, but that's what I read on Wikipedia, but uh, the directing and style is awesome. The first episode, you watch it, and you feel like he's in a, a mental institution, and you feel like you are there with him, like you don't know what's real or what's not, and it's just wonderfully done. And Aubrey Plaza's in it. Yeah, and she's also yes, and she is great. Yeah. She is great. I have two more picks. One more is uh, a new song released on Apple Music, my streaming music of choice. Uh, I get paid for that. It's a new song uh, by <laughs> Calvin. I don't get paid for that. Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a new song by uh, Calvin Harris featuring Frank Ocean and uh, Migos called "Slide." It is insanely catchy ear candy. I listened to it, I think, 10 times in a row when it first came out on Friday, dancing at my desk at work to the chagrin of all my coworkers. They're used to it now, it's fine. That's great. And then my fourth pick, surprisingly enough, is Reptar. <laughs> Hashtag Star Harry. <laughs> Hashtag Star Harry. Uh, Reptar, a static site generator for all your static site generating needs. Great. Jem, what do you have for us today? It's hard to follow Harry. My first pick, uh, big surprise, TV pick. I am picking Ultimate Beastmaster. It just came out on Netflix. And yes, I finished it. Came out on Friday and I've already finished it. It's wow. Sunday. Yes, because. Well, Kudos. I was working in. That is dedication. Good show to have in the background. It's entertaining. To me, it's the future of television because it's one show, but it's actually localized like eight different languages. So there's and all at the same time, which is pretty right. cool right. too. Yeah, there's ten or twelve different hosts from each country, or so two per country, and it's just yeah, it's one show, but it's actually six shows filmed at the same time, which is brilliant. Like it's just a genius idea. It, I think we're going to see more shows like that. The video is actually recut for each market. Exactly. And it's, so it's like you're cheering on whoever your local person is, but it's still a global show. It's, it's brilliant. It's very dynamic. It is very dynamic. Dynamic show. Got him. Got him. And my second pick is Shiba's bot. It is a bot on Twitter, and it's just it was so useful. Pictures of Shiba Inus, which is a dog, and I love dogs. Shibas are always a funny dog because when they're like two or under, they're adorable. They're so sweet and friendly. When they get older, they're actually more like cats. They're like very. They won't come to you. They just kind of ignore you. I think they're interesting dogs. They're so adorable. But yeah, Shiba's Shiba's bot. That's my pick. That's sweet. Much Doge. Derek, what do you have? The first pick is uh, an app called Distiller. I don't know if any of you have used it, but um, it's, it, Untapped is like it's like the Untapped of liquor. Oh, okay. But uh, it's actually the the app when I first downloaded it, I was like, this looks really shitty. So if uh, <laughs> <laughs> the app itself, and I was kind of like, I always delete apps that I think look shitty, but. I was like, this is really the only app that exists that, like, all the ones that look nice suck. So, but anyway, it's, they actually, um, they do, like, uh, weekly newsletters that they send out, and there's some really good content. Yeah, I saw some, actually just was telling Ryan, I saw uh, uh, they featured a High West, I guess, like, limited edition Burai that maybe has been out for a while, I don't know. But anyway, it's a good way to find out about new stuff. They rank stuff, and I find a lot of value out of it because we find love, a lot of we value. we love alcohol. Alcohol's yeah. great. My second pick is this game that I found at this arcade bar last night. It's, a, it's like a Pac-Man. 
Pac-Man multiplayer game. I don't know if any of you have oh, seen this. Oh! Yes. Yeah, so it's like four-player Pac-Man, and you can mm -hmm. actually eat each other. What? Wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It it's is hilarious. That so much awesome. fun. It is so much fun. It takes Pac-Man to a new level of funness. So I don't know where you can find that, but it's fun as the word. Yeah, I just made it. It's it's uh, you can use it dynamically. So yeah. Yeah. cheers. So I have two picks. One pick is called Meta Smoke. So Stack Overflow recently put up a meta post talking about can a machine be taught how to flag spam automatically, and they basically put at the top TLDR, yes, we did it. And so they have this bot that will like go through all their spam posts and they made a web dashboard, which like can like shows graphs of what people report. And like, I think they have like this bot that will like go to a chat room with mods and it'll say, hey, these are like spams. And they like use this web dashboard to like kind of improve their algorithm for catching spam. So I thought it was really cool. The uh, second one is opensource.guide. Uh, this is like a GitHub, nice page that they made for like getting more people to like make open source projects or where to start if they wanted to start an open source project. Pro tip, have a cool logo. I learned that from, I don't know, was it Brian Holt or? I, I'm pretty sure Brian said It was definitely a Netflix talk. There was a talk. I mean, it's important. If it's you have an open source, it's not like stupid shit I'd say. <laughs> if you have an open source project, you need a logo. I mean, yeah, Reptar is Reptar's. my mascot and he just carries me all the way. Which I love it. Yeah. I love that it has the oh. 80s nostalgia, to, or I guess 90s, 90s. Late, 80, late 80s, late 80s, 90s. Yeah, All right. great time. That's gonna be so early, good. Early 90s. Great time to be alive. It made me feel great when I saw it. I was like, yeah. yes. I mean, I like to judge books by covers. Fair enough. So <laughs> you need a good logo in order for your library to be good. Oh yeah, you need a good logo. Absolutely. Hash Star Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> that should have been the drinking word. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Just alcohol. <laughs> All right, I have two picks uh, for this episode. One, I think, is a really great documentary, which is on coding, and it is on Netflix. Code Debugging the Gender Gap. It's such a good documentary. Yes. And it has one of our previous guests on it, too, which is pretty badass. Julie uh, Horvath was actually in, has a fairly long segment in it, and she has a really great story in it that's pretty powerful and you should know about it yeah it's definitely a great story and i highly recommend checking that out and my other pick is i'm moving right now and i hate moving it's Ugh. like the worst most painful thing ever Ugh. and so i'm packing gem actually gave me this recommendation of a company called zipco and what they do is they deliver plastic boxes they drop them off you fill them up and once you're done and moved they'll come pick them up again it su saves so much headache of actually making boxes there's so many so many times i've purchased a bunch of boxes you have to put tape on oh, them yeah. and all that it's already done for you well then you have to get rid of them though. like that for me that was the hardest part that, i think that was i think you're right that is my biggest pet peeve is that you have to actually do something with these boxes and get rid of them or break them down all that it's like so much extra work these people just come pick them up and you're recycling. That's a great thing too, is you don't have all these cardboard boxes being used. Man, this is the most San Francisco thing we've talked about. <laughs> Before we end the episode, I want to thank Harry for joining us on today's episode. It was awesome having you as a guest. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you? You can find me on the interwebs, the ones with the pipes and the tubes. Uh, I have the same username everywhere, which is HS, as in Spencer, because that's my middle name, uh, Wolf. Uh, HS Wolf with two F's, extra F for good luck. Uh, so HS Wolf on Twitter, GitHub, my website, hswolf.com. 
My social security code is HS Wolf and everywhere else. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to today's episode. If you've been enjoying our episodes, please rate us on iTunes and let other people know how good or bad the podcast is. And follow us on Twitter at FrontNHH. Any last words? <laughs>